0: Well, hello, everyone. Good evening, grace and peace. It's really, really good to be with you all. And welcome to the table. And a huge thank you uh, to uh, Mindy and Gary and Noel. I, you know, I was worshiping, but I did glance at the comments and. Noel was clearly very popular in the comments tonight. I know I heard her during the practice, and I was like, "Oh, Noel can sing." Yeah, no, didn't didn't know that. So it's pretty it's pretty cool, and it's just um, well, one of the things I love about this format that we're we're doing here is that we are able to like include you know kind of some different people. Like last week we had Ryan uh, and. Um, Yeah, it's just it's it's pretty cool. So I'm I am grateful even in the midst of the constraint of this technology um, On the upside. It is a huge blessing just to be able to to do this And so thank you to Gary again for helping us figure all this technology stuff out and uh, yeah making it all kind of possible so um, I have got uh, two quick announcements because I know obviously this is a pretty unprecedented time in like U.S. really, in a way, world history, but specifically U.S. history. And uh, and I know there you could be in a place where you could just use some connection like in your life. And so I want to offer you two ways um, to do that. I've mentioned these online. I will continue to mention them just because I want to make sure that, um, that no one like slips through the cracks, that we don't get to the end of this thing and someone just feels like no one was there for me that would be the worst. And so, uh, so we have two ways. Um, first is, uh, just basically a a short, like counseling, listening prayer time. Um, with me, I'm keeping my schedule as open as possible, specifically between 11 AM and 2 PM on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, uh, so that I can jump on like a video conference and just, or a phone call and just be there with you for you, listen to you, pray for you. So, um, If that's something you're interested in, email me at brett, that's B-R-E-T-T, brettatthetabletx.org. I think Gary might be putting uh, that email address up. And yeah, just reach out. And don't, I don't know, you might have the thought like, oh, I don't really want to, I don't want to bother him or something. Well, y'all, I'm stuck at home. Okay, so it would you would be doing me and it would be my honor (laughs) you would help me fill my days with something meaningful so um, feel free to reach out Uh, the second way is meetups these are our weekday small groups they are continuing to meet um, basically online and so we have everything from book clubs to a men's support group to a teen girls group Uh, and so if you're interested in checking out a meetup uh, go ahead and kick an email to Karen at the table she'll help you get connected all right. So uh, this is part four in our series uh, titled Tranquility, Cultivating Calm in a Crazy World. And our big idea for this series is basically that it's it's stress. Uh, stress from overwork, from hurry, uh, from chronic worry that lies at the root of so many of just our modern ills surrounding anxiety, depression, and just general unhappiness. Um, but, but rather than kind of framing the series in the negative, like how to attack depression or fight anxiety, uh, we've been coming at it from a more, kind of like a more positive, spiritual, um, kind of psychological, soulful perspective. And I think that's, you know, very much in keeping with our Christian faith. And so we've kind of been asking, instead of, you know, how do we fight anxiety? Instead, we've been asking, how do we cultivate the calm of Jesus Christ? Uh, And in a much earlier version of this message, this is version three, they were all way too lengthy, I had to cut something out. But I had all these examples of the calm of Jesus, because if you just go back and read the gospels, he was, what's the phrase, cool as a cucumber? All right, that's not a very cool way to put it, but it's true, right? Like, if you just read about Jesus, he was just calm. I mean, it was very difficult to get him riled up. Occasionally, prideful religious folks really got his goat, and he would get upset. Beyond that, he was just chill, right? So that's kind of the question we've been asking. How do we cultivate the calm of Christ? How do we Um, nurture tranquility in our hearts, in our minds. Uh, And so with that in mind, I'm just so excited for my message tonight um, because I really, I just believe if all you had was this one teaching, um, you could, in just a few weeks of diligent practice, massively, positively impact your baseline of tranquility and joy. Uh, I really believe it's that powerful. Now, having said that, uh, tonight will be a bit unique in that I'll be referring to a different religious tradition um, just a few times throughout my sermon. That that religious tradition is Buddhism. Now, I want to sort of just say this up front. This is not because Pastor Brett is considering <laughs> converting to Buddhism. It's simply because, so we have a value here at the table for being uh, an eclectic people. That's the word, eclectic. And basically, that means that we believe all truth is God's truth, no matter where it may be found. And I have simply found a lot of truth in that tradition. It has helped illuminate my Christian practice in a really meaningful way. So, okay, that's the caveat. All right, so with that in mind, the title of my message tonight uh, is Present. Present. And uh, I want to frame it kind of in this way. So uh, we live in the age of worry, of problem solving, of obsessive and endless thinking, of almost an addiction to like excitement and feeling. We, We live in the age of more, accomplishing more, becoming more, doing more. As we looked at last week, cramming more in, (laughs) but is it possible that we are missing the one thing required to experience our lives as rich? And yes, at times, profoundly painful, but also impossibly beautiful, as God-saturated as they actually are. Is it possible that, that for all of our knowledge and technique and drive, that we are missing the one thing that actually makes life worth living. You say, what is that one thing? An awareness that right now is all there is. Like, literally, that is what God has given you, right? Now. The past is gone. Now, we don't treat it like it's gone, but it is. Right? And the future is not yet here. All you and I ever have is right now. And yet we spend so much of our lives distracted, like lost in thought, uh, uneasy. You know that uneasiness that just sort of haunts us. Um, we spend our days angry about the past, anxious about the future especially right now, it's very easy to do, right? You might say that it's like we're, we're here without being here. <laughs> There's this split between the mind and the body, right? The body is here, <laughs> the mind is in la la land. Uh, this is how Jesus put it in uh, Matthew chapter six, beginning in verse 25. Uh, he said, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life what you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And then verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. All right, so what is the implication of this? What is Jesus saying? Well, I think he's making the observation uh, that that us human beings, we human beings, we're a strange species because we spend most of our lives not deeply immersed in the present moment, not uh, mindful of ourselves, our environment, uh, the the people, the beauty around us. <laughs> no, we spend our days, like I said, here but not here, right? We spend our days lost in thought about almost anything but what we're actually doing. <laughs> in other words, we struggle to pay attention to this day, this hour, this Moment, right? that's That's what Jesus is saying. Like you're, we're so often we're into tomorrow and we're missing today, this hour, this moment. And um, here's why I think this matters. I'm becoming increasingly convinced that a lack of present moment awareness is not only killing just our sort of our inner sense of tranquility. But it's also killing our faithfulness and discipleship to Jesus Christ. Uh, Because as I understand it, the Christian life is a process of learning to love. Learning to develop a deep love for the sacred, for God. Learning to love every person we interact with. And yes, even learning to love and appreciate ourselves. But here's the key question. How can I love if I am not present wherever I am? That this is um, the truth I I want us to start to get. How can we love if we are not present where we are? Um, I want you to think of like your friends or your partner or your kids. what do they want above all things i mean think about it like you can give them gifts right you can provide them with money super fancy things uh in fact you can even spend time with them but isn't it true that what they're really after what they crave is your presence um, like think of it, imagine that uh, you go out on a date with your significant other, and you spend the entire evening, like you're there, but you're on your phone. Just, where's my phone? I have a prop, right? So the whole evening is spent like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, now, um, technically you gave them time, Right? I mean, you were there, but would your partner say, I feel really connected. <laughs> I feel so connected to you. This is just we well, are right there. No, of course not. Why? Because the primary way we love is by giving the gift of our focused attention and presence. I've talked about this before, but my uh, brother has this amazing capacity to be present. And uh, it's good because I have a mic here, and, or not mic, but a camera. And so this is like, if you talk to my brother, this is how he looks at you. Like he's just, he's just locked in. I mean, and there've been times where I'll like walk over like, hey buddy, um, hey Josh, hey, real quick. Um, I just ask you a quick question, can I, and he will not break, he will just ignore me. He's just, he's just locked in, right? This is, um, this is how we we love well is giving the gift of our focused attention and our presence. And so for the last six years, uh, I have been learning on a journey, trying to practice what I'll call, um, I'll call it present moment awareness. And, and I have good news and bad news. All right, so the good news is that it is indeed completely transformative. Like it will draw you closer to God to yourself, to the people in your life, uh, you will be better everywhere, across the board, at work, at play, at home, everywhere. Uh, Okay, now the bad news. The bad news is that it is indeed the hardest thing I've ever attempted (laughs) in my life. I mean, I said I've been working on this six years and I'm still a beginner. And um, I mean, at one level, right? It's a simple practice. Simply focus your mind on the present moment on what is right now, right? That's simple, so if it's you're having a conversation with someone, you're there. If you're working on something, you're there. If you're walking, you're there, right? It's super simple, not easy, not easy at all. And depending on your personality though, I think it's not easy for differing reasons. In other words, not everyone kind of drifts out of the present moment for the same reasons. And so let me give you, I'm gonna give you four types of people and why they struggle to be mindful of the present moment. Um, I suspect you'll recognize yourself in at least one, uh, maybe two of these, maybe more. All right, but uh, let me, so let me go through these. Number one uh, is the warriors, are the warriors, it's plural, all right, are the warriors, (laughs) not warriors, (laughs) worriers. So this is uh, who Jesus was speaking directly to in our beginning text, right? From Matthew six, when he said, do not worry. Right? So these are the people who are constantly scanning the world for threats, right? Your mind is obsessed with what tomorrow could hold. And, uh, and like you were, you were weeks ahead of everyone on this, you know, COVID coronavirus thing. Like you were, oh, You, you had (laughs) him, and um, this is, and here's the thing. It's not even just for you. Um, Like you're worried about everyone in your life, right? Your family, friends, coworkers. And in fact, if they don't seem worried, you're worried that they aren't worried enough. Um, You're a real mess. It's okay. We're all a mess in our own way. That leads me to the second group. This is my group. Uh, I'm gonna call them the thinkers, the thinkers. Um, yeah, this is definitely me. So for these folks, life is a problem to ponder, <laughs> a riddle to be solved. Uh, you are constantly, may I should say we, are constantly lost in thought. Right? When, when we're driving, um, when you're driving, it's like you're not driving, you're solving problems. When you're talking with someone, like you're kind of listening, but mostly you're solving their problems and thinking of what you're gonna say next. And as far as you're concerned, um, honestly, you don't even need a body. You could just exist, right? Just from right right here on up. Just, all you need is a brain, just a brain to think and think and think and think and think. Um, now, but the harsh truth is that this type um, does not want to face Um, The fact that there is a difference between thinking about God and loving God. There's a difference between solving people's problems and loving them. There's a difference between thinking about yourself and your life and analyzing it and actually tuning in to your body and the world in this present moment. All right, the third type. These are the feelers. Uh, these are the folks who aren't necessarily, um, they're not so much just, maybe worry doesn't quite get at it, and they aren't so much problem solving, so much as they are sort of lost in a sea of emotions and feelings, sometimes positive, most of the time negative. And while on the surface, right, this might seem great. Like, oh good, that's so good. No, you're so tuned into your feelings. That's, that's awesome. Uh, but the problem is uh, they take their feelings way too seriously. Like they don't realize that feelings are like the weather, right? They come, they go. <laughs> but for them, whatever they are feeling right now is reality itself and they believe it will last forever because you know this feeling this is now the truest thing about them and they don't quite realize it but but this is actually clouding it's obscuring the reality of the present moment because a feeling is just a feeling it's not the totality of this present moment right See, they think they're being present, but actually they're hijacked, right? Their brain has been hijacked by very strong emotions and they need to calm down, detach a bit, and realize that they, in this moment, are more than simply what they are feeling. All right, the fourth type are the doers. I thought about calling them the achievers Uh, But honestly, that's not quite accurate because while this can be sort of a very type A hard driving, you know, person, um, it can also simply be the ones who just love to do things, right? They wake up and they got stuff to do and they get busy. Uh, And by the way, this doesn't sound bad, right? Um, But it does have its, its dark side, its shadow side. Um, Shana Nyquist in her book, Present Over Perfect, um, she describes this really, really powerfully. Uh, She writes, many of us, myself included, considered our souls necessary collateral damage to get done the things we felt we simply had to get done because of other people's expectations, because we want to be known as highly capable because we're trying to outrun an inner emptiness. And for a while, we don't even realize the compromise we've made. We're on autopilot, chugging through the day on fear and caffeine, checking things off the list, falling into bed without even a real thought or feeling or connection all day long just a sense of having made it through that's a stunning um, word and you you can probably hear in that the the shadow side of that kind of doer achiever mode and and what's a little bit dangerous about maybe this one is, um, American culture in particular, it really celebrates the doer. Um, and, but it, but we have to realize whew, we gotta be careful, right? We have to be wise with it. Now, just to be clear, um, none of these four types are bad. Like my point is not evil, how could you, right? They're not bad in and of themselves. Um, for example, the warrior, at their best, is simply someone who's really great at threat detection. (laughs) They see problems developing before others, right? At at their best, they aren't worried, as I said two weeks ago, just concerned. (laughs) They have concerns, right? Concerns that hopefully they can kind of identify and then take action on and then move forward. Not churning, 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 right? That's the danger. Um, All right, but the thinker. The thinker is also not a terrible person. They're great at seeing deeply and solving problems. The feeler is emotionally intuitive, right? Very tuned into their own feelings, the feelings of others. They would make great therapists and fabulous friends because I can just sit with you and be like, oh my gosh, right? Um, that, they get's wonderful. And we need the doers among us. Amen, like they got, someone's got to get something done. <laughs> so that's great. but but what happens? What's not so great? Well, as we've seen, each type has its own special way of becoming detached from this present moment, which is to say, detached from God, detached from uh, even their true selves, that's what Shauna Nyquist names so beautifully in that quote, right? You can hear the person who's just hard charging or going, going, and yet they, they haven't been tuned in, right? The, the warrior is eaten up with anxiety. The, the thinker has turned into a robot. <laughs> the feeler has become a basket case. The doer is a perpetual motion machine. And when I slip into these modes, the life of Christ is, is not happening in me joy is not bubbling up tranquility is not becoming the defining marker of my life I, I am I am failing to learn to love all right so what can we do I definitely don't want to just end there <laughs> well good luck uh, so let me give you um, I want to give you a few practices. We'll do two practices that can basically just help you grow in your awareness of the present moment. Uh, So here they are. Number one, when walking, walk. When sipping coffee, just sip. I know, super profound. Uh, Like I said earlier, super simple. Simple, not easy. Uh, This is a short story. This is from the Zen Buddhist tradition. Uh, And it says a certain Zen master was approached by disciple who asked about the essentials of the teaching, probably expecting to receive a very lengthy exposition of subtle Buddhist philosophy or perhaps something marvelous and mysterious. He got neither. The Zen master only said, when hungry, I eat. When tired, I sleep. The disappointed disciple asked, but this is what ordinary people do. (laughs) How do you differ? To which the Zen master replied, when they eat, most people think a thousand thoughts. And when they sleep, they dream a thousand dreams. So what does this mean? Uh, it, what it's naming is that most people aren't very mindful, right? Since they allow their minds to simply wander around wherever they please. And then, even worse, they believe what they're thinking. Like, oh my God, that's the last thing you want to do is believe every thought that comes into your head. Like, that's a recipe for deep sadness. Um, right? Whereas the spiritually minded person, uh, how are they? They are concentrated. They're tuned into whatever or whoever is before them. All right, so how does this look um, in my own personal life? Um, it, what it means is that you'll often find me, right? I said these last six years, I've been trying to do this. Um, you'll often find me doing one thing at a time. Often, not always, but often when I run, uh, I just run. No music, no podcasts. Uh, Until the shutdown recently, I used to have a commute to my part-time job in Dallas, uh, you know, before the whole pandemic, and it took me about 45 minutes. And at least one time a day, either coming or going, I would just drive. No radio, no podcasts, just me, my breathing, uh, tuning in, uh, tuning into the presence of God and generating a sense of peace, a sense of joy and honestly here's what i noticed um on the days that i had the podcast going and this has been true for years now um i do not deal well with traffic because i'm already in a distracted state but when i'm driving and i'm just driving all of a sudden traffic is not a problem it's just some extra time to enjoy driving so, what does this mean for your life? Uh, here's maybe a way I'd sum it up. This means more monotasking, less multitasking. Right? Mono meaning one, one tasking, solo task. <laughs> more monotasking, less multitasking. Right. So when you're cooking, just cook. When you're pushing your kiddo on the swing, just push them. Right. Don't read articles on your phone while you're trying to push your kid on the swing, right? It, it means just, just do the one thing. Simply be present. Again, is this hard and challenging to do? Yes, especially at first. But over time, you'll learn. And your connection to yourself, your connection to Christ, your, your tuned in to others, I promise you it will skyrocket. Simply be present. Alright, right, so that's the first point. Point number two uh, is sit in silence every day. Think of this uh, like the difference between drinking lemonade and taking a shot of pure lemon juice. Practice number one, the point number one I just gave you, that's like, that's the lemonade. It's more diluted, but you know, it sort of goes down easier. Practice number two, this one, this is a very highly concentrated form of number one, because uh, like, if you think about it, it's actually, it's the same thing. Points number one and number two are the same thing, right? You're becoming aware of yourself and God. You're, you're coming back to the present moment. But in point number two you're, you're reducing all external sensory perceptions, right? So often when you think of someone in silence, like in a sort of a meditative, um, form of prayer, a prayer of quiet, what what are they doing, right? They're closing their eyes, right? Uh, they're, they're getting in a quiet place where Right, it, there's nothing coming into the ears. They're stopping movement, right? So they're not walking around and trying to get things done. It's it's sort of it's a stop. It's a shutting down of external sensory perception. And this is your spiritual shot of lemon juice. Now, the way I drink my lemon juice is via a Christian form of meditation. It's called centering prayer, uh, from Father Thomas Keating. Um, he was a uh, Christian monk. Uh, God rest his soul. He just passed away a few years ago. And um, you can Google him, Thomas Keating, Centering Prayer. And um, it's, it's an incredibly powerful form of prayer because it's just simply a time to sit and be present to yourself in God. No distractions. I mean, nothing. And again, super simple. Just sit in silence, but not easy, right? Uh, however, over time, it does get easier. And you'll actually start to look forward to this time of concentrated presence. Uh, And also by taking your shot of lemon juice each morning or evening, however you like to do it, or both, uh, it makes drinking your lemonade throughout the day feel much, much easier. So if you're wondering, what does Brett's day look like? Um, This is how my day always begins. Uh, Wake up, brush the teeth, sit my booty down in quiet for quite a while. And uh, it's just a powerful way of coming home to myself and to God. All right. So in closing, I want to offer one clarifying point and then a few resources. So the clarifying point uh, is that I just want to name. I'm not suggesting that you stop reading your Bible or saying regular prayers. I still do both of those each day. Right? I'm simply naming that I think we should incorporate these practices as well, particularly if you are you find yourself struggling with anxiety, depression, just a general sense of unhappiness. Uh, oh man, I encourage you to engage these resources and engage these practices. All right, so here are three books that I found really helpful in learning about this. Also, if you're not a book reader, you can just look on these for these people um on YouTube and you'll find lots of videos and resources about them. So, uh book number 1 is The Heart of Centering Prayer by Cynthia uh, Borgall. and uh that it teaches you that centering prayer practice that I was describing earlier. Um the second book is The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Uh this is a must read. Every Christian must read this book. Uh it's super small, super easy read. Um, and then finally, peace is every step. This is by the Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh, and uh, he's he's amazing. If you if you want to learn that kind of day to day present moment awareness, uh, you need to read Thich Nhat Hanh. Peace is every step. Um, a true saint uh, in our world. Wonderful, wonderful. So, all right, let me go ahead and uh, pray for us, Lord Jesus. Would you, um, would you teach us, Lord, to be present? Because when we're not present, God, um, we're not connected to you. And I, I pray over every person listening to this talk, um, whether they're a part of our church, the table or not, I pray that you would um, lead them um, into a, a new path of awareness, of awareness of who they are and the beauty around them. And most of all, God, an awareness of you, that you are closer than the air we're breathing now, that you love us in the world, all things and all people. And God, bring us into an an awareness, like a living um, uh, reality, God. We want to touch that reality and that truth. So would you do that work in our hearts and minds? Make us a spiritually minded people, not just people who know a bunch of things, Uh, not just a bunch of people who know things about the Bible or about Christian faith, but people who practice your presence, who are in tune with the risen Christ. So we love you, Lord. It's the name of Jesus I pray. Amen.